we are thanking God for being here. We're thanking God now for uh, his word and uh, the ability to gather for worship. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful to be here and thankful to see each of you here that's here. We beat the storm. We made it. Amen. So this, this, um, this morning we're going to be looking at uh, a passage of scripture. Well, really it's two passages of scripture, but uh, one passage of scripture is the focus and the other kind of just gives, sets a, a backdrop for the passage. So it's in the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, uh, there's going to be chapter 2. We're going to look at two verses. We're going to look at verse 17 and 18. And then we're going to look at chapter 4, our, our focal text, uh, verses 14 through 16. Uh, now, we, we've been in a series on, on prayer. And this, this series, uh, we, we've looked at kind of the postures and attitudes of people um, regarding prayer uh, so far in this series, if, you, if you've been tracking with it. Um, today, we're going to take just a little look at the, the, the mechanism of prayer. It's like, any, anybody ever, was anybody a kid that would open things up to look inside, see how they work? Uh, just me. You want to see the, the mechanism? So, so, so we're kind of going to open up and look at, at some of the mechanism of prayer, see how it, how it works, <laughs> right? Um, so let's turn to uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 17 and 18, and then I'll go directly to chapter 4. Chapter 2, verse 17, it says, Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when, he, when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Chapter 4, verse 14. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have an, a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the truth, um, the access you've given us to you, Lord. And uh, we pray now uh, for fresh anointing to preach and anointing to receive your word. We pray uh, that you will be glorified in it. Uh, we pray for the opening of hearts and minds. Uh, we pray for your will to be done. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, Lord, be acceptable in your sight. You're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, uh, <clears throat> a question came up once when I was talking, my family was together, and was talking with my family, 
<clears throat> if I could pay money to sit down and talk with any famous person, who would it be? Well, the problem with the question is that I wouldn't pay money to sit and talk with any famous person. I don't care how famous, how good they sing or dance, how many books they wrote, how many movies they were in. Um, they're just a person like me, and so I, I just wouldn't do it. Uh, I, I found out, and it came up because entertainers are now, not only do you have to buy $300 tickets to go into their shows, they are selling VIP uh, passes so that you can have access to come backstage to meet them after the show. Uh-uh. Um, now, I, I mean, I, I guess I could see the, the value. It could be fun going backstage, seeing how everything works, right? But, and, and I remember one time I, 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 was, at a, I was at a show at, on, on Broadway, and, and I got to go backstage, but I didn't pay for it. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I got to go backstage because somebody uh, who was important thought I was important, and then they brought me backstage. Um, so... Uh, I had I had all access to backstage. I mean, when I got back there, I acted like I belonged back there. I, I was eating stuff back there, laughing with the people. People started to look at me like, well, who is he? You know, trying to figure out who I was. Because, um, you know, I, I, w- I went back there with confidence, you know, like I belonged back there. The, the, the scripture today uh, shows us that somebody important thinks we are important. And wants to give us all access, not just to any old place, though, but to a a sacred place. Wants to give us access to a sacred place. Jesus gives us access to the throne. Access to the throne. This book of Hebrews is written to Hebrew Christians who had let go of their old religious lifestyles and and confessed Jesus as Lord. Uh, Hebrews tells how everything about the new life with Jesus is better and greater than the old. The problem was that things didn't seem to be getting any better in the lives of the people who, who, uh, the Hebrews who had given themselves to Christ, but actually seemed to be getting worse. Um, They were, they were being persecuted for believing in Jesus, uh, you know, there was disruptions in families, disputes. They were having all kinds of trouble uh, since they came into this new way with Jesus Christ. Uh, many of them were ready to just give up and to, to go back to the old way. Their, their old ways and their old way was God at a distance. God at a distance. But here he sends them this word uh, to encourage them to hold on be faithful and not turn back. Hold on, be faithful and not turn back. Has anybody ever just wanted to give up and go back to their old way? Probably nobody in here, somebody listening online. Go back to their old, their old way, thinking if, if, I could just, if I could just do it the old way one more time, it would get better. If you haven't thought it, you might be sitting next to somebody that thought it. <clears throat> Don't look at your neighbor. Um, the, text, the, text, the text gives us a, a, a strong argument for why Christians shouldn't give up or go back, but instead hold on and come close to God. 
because we have access to the throne. Uh, A point you don't want to miss in the text is that Christ's priestly presence makes prayer possible. Took me all morning to come up with, no. (laughs) Christ's priestly presence makes prayer possible. Uh, We shouldn't take it for granted. So look, uh, again, our focus is is the text in chapter 4, but chapter 2, verses 17 and 18 introduces and gives a picture of Jesus taking on this role of high priest. So we need to get a grasp of that before we move forward. Look at, look at verse 17. It says, Therefore, he, Jesus, had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. If, 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 if he would be the representative of the Hebrews, if Jesus was going to be able to step in as a representative, first, he had to be made like his brothers. Uh, that, that lends itself to his, his coming, his incarnation, uh, uh, being born as a, as a Jew. Um, he needed to be in the form of mankind and suffer the things mankind went through. The, the Hebrews may have been encouraged by, by knowing this about him, but being like the people was only one of his, uh, his, his qualifications for a high priest. Uh, so one aspect was that he needed to be like the others uh, to represent them. But uh, there's more qualifications of the role of high priest, but we'll get to that later. And I recognize that I jumped in and I just started talking about high priest. And somebody might be thinking, uh, what is a high priest and how is that going to help me if I'm dealing with any kind of temptation? Uh, What about this high priest? Well, the high priest, it's about access. It's about access. God laid out a roadmap for his people that showed how to get into his presence. And the high priest was the last stop on the map. Uh, We'll unpack it a little bit and see if we can find a reason to be encouraged also. Not just the Hebrews that needed to be encouraged. We need to be encouraged. Um, A priest. A priest is someone who represents and goes between people and God. Because people sin, and since God's response to sin is death, people need this. So God lovingly made a way for people to come to him without him having to kill them. Yes, sin. Uh, God chose and set up people to stand in front of him serving as priests. And the only way that they could stand in front of him without dying was to bring the blood of an innocent animal sacrifice. He not only told them what to do, he also told them where to do it. Yeah, that was my subtle cue. He, 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 don't be overwhelmed. <laughs> he directed them to design places where the priest could come represent the people and give the sacrifice to cover or atone for their sin. First, first was a tent uh, called the tabernacle. And that's the bottom, the bottom image is a representation of the, of the tabernacle. 
When, when he brought Israel out of slavery in Egypt, he set up priests from the family of Moses' brother Aaron, and he would reveal himself to them in a cloud of smoke over a sacred box covered in gold called the Ark of the Covenant. This is smooth. <laughs> Thank you. The, the Ark of the Covenant. Um, this is a representation. Uh, no one, they, they don't know exactly what it looked like, but this is a representation. <clears throat> uh, the Ark of the Covenant, it held, among other things, the tablets of commandments that we know and call the Ten Commandments. Um, the cover of the box was decorated with the golden images of two winged creatures uh, that, uh, that, that serve God called cherubim. Between their outstretched wings was the place called the mercy seat. The mercy seat. It was called the mercy seat. Uh, it was regarded as a type of God's throne on earth. In ancient times, the, the throne was a place where a sovereign king could meet and judge his people. So here at the mercy seat, God accepted the blood of the sacrifices for the sins of the guilty, the mercy seat. Now, after bringing Israel into the promised land, God let them build a temple in place of the tabernacle uh, where, where the priests would bring the people's sacrifices. Now, this temple is the, is the top image here. Inside the temple, just like inside the tent, there were, there were two spaces separated by a curtain. The first space was called the holy place, uh, that, where, where the priest would enter in. Now, behind the curtain was called the most holy place, or the holy of holies. And that's where the ark would sit in the temple, uh, going into in, in there, uh, going beyond that uh, 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 veil, behind that curtain, it was like going actually into the presence of God. This place was so off limits that God only let one priest go inside there and then only one time a year. And that was on the Day of Atonement to atone or cover the, cover the sin their own sin and the sins of the people uh, with the blood of the sacrifices. They would carry it in. That one priest that could go in beyond the curtain, beyond the veil, was called the high priest. The high priest. That was the way into God's presence until Jesus showed up. Uh, it, it seems intense. It seems complicated. But that was the way into his presence until Jesus showed up and set up a new way to come to him. Matter of fact, Jesus had proclaimed that he was the way, the truth, and the life. He showed up to give people access to God. He was merciful and faithful as a high priest because he made the offering at the mercy seat that would finally completely satisfy God's right judgment against the people, which was the death penalty. Uh, the offering that Jesus made was the propitiation. It completely satisfied God's wrath. Though, though, though he had not sinned, he went in showing favor, kindness, and love by offering himself as that sacrifice in an act that never had to re be repeated. 
Uh, the writer goes on to explain more in later chapters, but makes it known that Jesus connects with these wavering Hebrew Christians as a high priest by ritual, as well as through their common temptation and suffering. Jesus. The writer goes on then moving into chapters 3 and and 4 to compare Jesus to Moses and Joshua, explaining to the readers that Uh, the superiority of what Jesus had done and the spiritual rest that Jesus provides, how he's greater and he's better. And uh, against that backdrop, chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, uncovers more about Jesus as high priest, and it encourages weary people to hold on and come close. Hold on and come close. Verse 14 says, Since then we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. The text acknowledges uh, that Jesus was not only a faithful and merciful uh, high priest, but that he is the great high priest. Uh, The the original word for for great is where we get our English word mega. I I like that. He's the mega high priest. Uh, Eminent for ability, virtue, authority, or power, having status higher than others of its kind. The mega, the great high priest. We have a great high priest. Uh, what two things? What he's done makes him great. It says he passed through the heavens. Uh, that's great. The the tabernacle, the temple, and the ark really only gave a limited sense of what it was like to go into God's presence. But when the great high priest showed up, he gained access and gave people access to the real deal. Jesus gives access to the throne. Jesus didn't just go through the door into the holy place and through the curtain into the most holy holy place after giving himself for a sacrifice on the cross for our sin he rose from the grave ascended went through the heavens and sat down at the right hand of the father access all still representing us he 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 was great he, who he is makes him great Uh, It says he's the son of God. He's connected to the father in a way that no other priest could be. Uh, He he presented an offering that no other priest could present. Now, why would anybody want to go back to the old way of coming to God, bringing animals and uh, counting on other ordinary folks to represent you? When Jesus, the son of God himself, already paid with his life, for you to have access to the throne. Uh, I, know, I know it sounds maybe a little foreign that, that the Hebrews would, would uh, go through these processes, but it, are there any things that, uh, anything that we try to substitute to give us access to God that's not Jesus? Whatever it is, it's an old way, and it's a, it's a vain way, the Bible would say. Um, he gave us access. The Hebrews are encouraged to hold on because of their great high priest, the Son of God. Notice that the writer doesn't point fingers at them for their faith struggles in this this part of the text. 
but uses inclusive words. He says we, us, our. The writer is included in the need to claim to, uh, uh, for, the, for their own, his own need and the claim to this great high priest. The writer is included. When, when we look at our own needs, I think we can fold ourselves into this same group uh, with, with these Hebrew Christians. And we can say we and our and us. We're included. We are in this together and have the same needs and, and have also the same access to help through him. He, he's still for us today what he was for them back then. He's the same uh, Savior that, that you confess to be Lord and placed your trust in before any of the current issues of life raised up against you. Uh, in fact, chapter 13 and, eight, and verse 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Consistent, faithful. Your confession is in, a, in agreement with God, who he is. So hold on. Hold on, the writer is saying. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Oh, he put that catch on the end of that, didn't he? Yet without sin. The, the scripture gives two more reasons why Jesus is perfect as high priest approaching God on our behalf. One, he's able to sympathize with our weaknesses. Two, he's able, uh, he was able to deal with temptation without sin. And now, temptation, it not only represents those things that would entice us to sin, but also the struggles that, that would test us and test our faith. Jesus sympathizing with our weaknesses, with the temptation and the trials that we go through is more than just feeling sorry for us. It's him experiencing, understanding, and taking on our conditions. Uh, a friend of mine uh, suffered the, the loss of his mother uh, about a week and a half ago. And I, I attended her celebration of life service on Thursday. We, we, we agreed that he had become a member of a club that nobody actually wants to be a part of. Because I'm also a member of that group experiencing the loss of my mother uh, less than two years ago. Um, in, in talking to him, I didn't need to use a lot of words. I just expressed to him how I was, I was with him. I, n I never asked him how he was doing because I knew how he was doing. I could feel what he felt. He, he's, a, he's a large man. He's a big guy. And if I'm calling him a big guy, <laughs> he must be a big guy. He, he's a large man. And, 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 when I, and when I hugged him after the service, I recognized that complete told that the death had taken on him, almost sapping all of his strength. He needed the physical support of just leaning on someone. Just having to stand and greet all of the well-wishers was taxing to him. Uh, uh, I even understood the numbness that was attached to his smile. I had those same feelings. I could sympathize with his weaknesses. In the same way, we can expect Jesus to understand when we come to him. Jesus was tempted 
in every way. Every way that the Hebrew Christians were and every way that we are. He was tempted in every way. And, and when the scripture says in every respect, though, it, it doesn't refer to each specific case. It, it doesn't mean that he's lost a job or had to stand by and maybe cover up for an, an alcoholic parent, but, but that he's felt loss and disappointment and hurt and hunger and thirst and betrayal and, and all the other types of pains that come along with the human condition. Uh, every way. Some, somebody not in those conditions may not be able to relate to this. But even if, even if, if we have it all together right now, these things have, they, they either have or they will touch all of us and, and, and touch the people around us. Jesus knows. Whatever our situation, we can, <clears throat> we can look to Jesus and, and kind of nod our heads like he gets it. He gets it. He knows. Uh, in, in our testing or in trial, we can look to him and, and we can sing with confidence the refrain of the old hymn, uh, No, Not One, uh, that Jesus knows all about our struggles uh, he will guide us till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. But even more than this, the one who gives us access to the throne was able to deal with temptation without sin. Not only uh, can he sympathize as a high priest because he was tempted in every respect as we are, but in fact, he felt them more than us. Because he didn't sin. Uh, we hardly ever experience the full strength of temptation because we usually give in. And, and, and in trying to escape the temptation, we usually some way step into sin. In thought and word and action. But you only experience the real power of temptation when you resist it. And completely. And he resisted it. All the way unto death, he resisted. Because of all of this, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The scripture continues to make its argument and encourage the people. It pushes them and us toward what we should do when facing temptation instead of giving up, giving in, going back, or slipping away. Come close. It calls us to draw near to God. Many folks don't come to God because deep inside they are afraid of what God will see and what he might say. The Hebrews that, that first got this word, they remember, how, they remember how God dealt with sinful folks coming into his presence. It wasn't good. Where's my life group reading it through Leviticus? It wasn't good they, they, in Exodus. They, they felt that the old way might still be easier, having somebody to go to God for you. Uh, if, if, if today we had a real sense of God's holiness, we might, we might even be inclined to agree with, to agree with the Hebrews that, that because of sin, we really don't belong anywhere near God's throne. But because of our great high priest, the throne that should mean judgment is now for us a throne of grace. 
It's a place where uh, we, we, we experience God's undeserved favor and kindness. That's grace. God giving us what we don't deserve, access to him. Uh, the word says, draw near, step close. There was a time when we couldn't come close, a time when uh, 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 we should have been afraid, but not now. God says, come close to his throne with confidence and boldness. We are invited into that most holy place uh, to speak freely before the holy king and the righteous Lord. Come close. Come close. We stand there in the midst of mercy now. We, we, we can speak freely with confidence, but we also speak yet with respect and awe and reverence, but no fear of punishment. Come, come close. Uh, knowing, knowing that Jesus already provided the perfect sacrifice that satisfied his wrath, there at his throne, instead of punishment, we find provision. We find that grace, the grace that saves us, the grace that, the grace that sustains us, the grace that gives us strength to go on, that grace, uh, the grace that helps us to resist him, uh, uh, to rest in him and resist temptation, that grace, that amazing grace, that amazing grace. He says, come close. In Jesus, we have access to the very presence of God. There is never a moment when that access can be taken for granted. Jesus has given us access to the presence of God. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, as we, we turn to pray, we consider now the new and, new and living way that you've made for us to approach you. We thank you that you've opened access to us, that you allow us to come and that we can come without a fear of punishment but we can come freely expecting grace. Thank you for this grace. Lord, we uh, repent of any time we've taken this grace for granted. Um, those times when uh, we should have come and we haven't come. Lord, we turn now to you and we, we come close. Keep us, hold us, strengthen us, sustain us. Help us, mold us, make us into those that you would have us to be. The kingdom people that you're calling us to be. We thank you, Lord, for this and all things in Jesus' name. Amen.